0: We're talking about the Holy Spirit's ministry in the church. And just to go back, we're talking about the fact that he's in charge of the teaching and the preaching. We went to Acts chapter four and uh, where Peter was preaching and look at chapter four, verse eight. We'll just catch up while we're waiting. Acts chapter four, verse eight, where Peter starts his sermon and notice what he says for what it says. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people. Okay, he preached. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit controlled his sermon, and he preached. Then we talked about prayers in Ephesians 6, 18. Ephesians 6, 18.
1: With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on alert. With all perseverance and petition for all the saints.
0: Okay, the Holy Spirit also activates our prayers. When they're sincere and not on ourselves, and we're not asking selfishly, the Holy Spirit leads us in our prayers. And we pointed out to you as well, from Romans chapter 8, verse 26, that you and I do not always know what we to pray for. Somebody probably prayed today there would be no snow.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <coughs> Some prayed there would be. I didn't. I didn't pray for snow. Uh, we've already been informed. The one person did not pray for snow. <laughs> so much for his prayers. No, seriously. Uh, we don't know. Uh, you know how to pray but the holy spirit knows the will of god and interprets our prayers in light of the will of god and how are we to pray anyway thy will thy will be
2: done
0: thy will be done so whatever is done is his will right so like we had a sign on our kitchen refrigerator so it so it ain't home sweet home adjust <laughs> <laughs> In some ways, that's what we have to recognize only from a much more higher standard that uh, God's will is perfect always. And His will is being done. And it's a matter of us adjusting to it. All right, we're talking about the songs this morning, that the Holy Spirit fills the songs. And. Uh, J. Vernon McGee who being dead yet he speaketh um, I like it when he reads the letters um, Jay Vernon McGee is a very sound guy by the way but he always said in his uh, in a humorous way when Satan fell he fell in the choir loft because uh, music has always been a center of controversy in the church it's a controversy a lot of times because music is not a spiritual gift. Poetry is a spiritual gift and putting things together but music is a talent it's uh, people have the talent to put music together to play music and that kind of thing so it's uh, it's sort of it can be a, a lot on feelings having been in the ministry as long as I have, I've seen a real shift in the music in churches over the years, the last 60 years. Maybe the last 25 more than ever. Been a real shift. And so what does the Bible say about it? The times that when believers gather together for corporate worship are to be believers who are controlled by the Spirit so if we had an ideal worship service everybody who would be in the worship service would be controlled by the Holy Spirit correct? if you came into the worship service and you were really gonna worship God what's one of the first things you would do? you'd sit down and you'd say Lord I want to confess my sin. I want, I want, I want to be in total fellowship with you. I want you to guide me in the Word this morning. I want, I want to worship you in, in truth. Remember John four twenty four. He says we must worship Him in what? Spirit, Spirit and truth. Spirit and truth. <clears throat> That's true worship. Take a look at Ephesians 5, 18 and nineteen. Ephesians five. 18 and
3: 19 and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation but be filled with the spirit speaking to one another in songs and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord
0: okay being filled with the spirit is being controlled by the spirit when a person is drunk with wine who's in control the wine the wine the mind is no longer in control, it's the wine that controls the mind. I've never had that experience, but I, probably some of you could elaborate on that. But the point, of course, is that being drunk, a quiet person sometimes gets, he's now loud. And a loud person is now quiet. affects people different ways. I've seen drunks and been around drunks, but but the point of course is that they are controlled by the wine we're not to be that way, it's a sin to be drunk and he says but be filled with the Spirit, so he compares being drunk with wine with being filled with the Spirit, so what it means is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is in control of one's life and that's what the filling of the Holy Spirit is, that can happen many times and it can happen <clears throat> happens uh... numerous times in one's life numerous times in one's week uh... that you are controlled by the holy spirit first thing you know you sin and uh... you don't take care of it the next thing you know you're back under the control of your flesh so he says do not be drunk with wine for its dissipation but be filled with the spirit now there's some results of this There are five participles that are dependent upon the imperative, be filled with the Spirit. That's a command, you're to be filled with the Spirit. It's not an option. But but when you look at the grammar of the, the verses, you have participles. Participles are verbal nouns. And verbal nouns are not the substantive thought of the question. They modify the main verb. They tell you what the main verb is all about being filled. They give you the result. There's five of them here. So we want to take a look at them because it has to do uh, part of them, uh, at least five of them have, or four, three of them have to do with music. First of all it says, thus the results of Spirit is speaking to one another. This is a verbal expression. Speaking one to another is from the original word, meaning to communicate something of value, something of substance. So when you're gathered in a worship service, or any time actually, your conversation ought to be more than just rambling. ought to be something of substance. And one would think, would he not, that if you were in a corporate worship service, you'd have something positive to say about the Lord that would encourage one another that would lift them up rather than in the foyer say how bad the sermon was and you probably have good reason to do that here but but it would be nice if you would uh, talk about positive things you know rather than gossip I think one of the real dangers in churches is the gossip that goes on in the foyer of a church. If somebody were back there on one of those little round tables back there and would bring in a six-pack of beer and open it up, would you be horrified? Yeah. Are you horrified when you hear somebody spreading gossip? Which is more dangerous? Which has the worst ramifications, the gospel? The I'm not advocating you bring a six-pack in here. Anymore. You should be ashamed if that happened, but, but the, my, you see my point. Okay, so he says speaking to one another, and uh, that verbal <coughs> verb, and it's uh, it's like a sound of a Uh, the the word actually includes the sound of a trumpet and in certain companies like in the military when a trumpet is sounded at certain times it means certain things and people act so it communicates something verbally one to another and it means to speak to one another in the same kind look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 There's a parallel passage to this There it talks about the word of Christ Richly dwelling in you And then the results Colossians 3.16 Let the word of Christ Richly dwell within you With all wisdom, teaching And admonishing one another With psalms and hymns And spiritual songs Singing with thankfulness In your hearts to God with just a cursory reading of this it sounds to me like uh, our psalms, hymns spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts that when you're singing you're really singing to one another when you're singing to one another you're building one another up and you're singing in harmony not necessarily meaning you're singing all four parts though that's okay but when you're singing with one another, the whole congregation in harmony is singing praises to God. All right, so the communication is not to be done as one would uh, fill an assignment or by rope, but it ought to be from the heart. I'm singing because I'm, I really mean this. I really love to do this. Uh, we're going to sing, I noticed in uh, my uh, communique, we're going to be singing this morning, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And when we sing Great is Thy Faithfulness, we sing it to one another and remind one another of God's gratefulness. And we're singing it together to the Lord because we really do mean it, because it's from the heart. Now he says this is to be done in Psalms. The Greek word is psalmos, from which we get the word Psalms, Psalms. The Greek word appears, this word, psalmos, appears 92 times in the Old Testament Greek version. The LXX capitalized stands for the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Old Testament Hebrew 150 years or so before Christ was born. And so when they translated the Greek translation from the Old Testament Hebrew, they took six or seven words and translated them by this word, psalmos. So it's a very popular theme in the Old Testament. The word originally meant plucking strings of a bow, or the sound of a stringed instrument. We have the piano, for example. We have guitars, mandolins, violins. And so they would pluck, in the Old Testament, you would read harps. They had various kinds of harps that they would play. And the music would go. Amos uses this word in a negative sense. But one can get the meaning of the word from it. Look at Amos chapter 5, verse 23.
3: Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your hearts.
0: Okay, away with the songs, the noise of your song, the plucking of the instrument. When the world does it, it can really be crash bang, you get tired of it. I went to seminary and worked in a filling station and we had a couple young guys who worked in there. And the radio just blasted on. And it was the world's music. Man, you can get tired of that stuff. Listening to that stuff. In fact, uh, I almost learned Spanish this week. Uh, We had carpet layers. (laughs) And they had the radio on. And uh, I almost learned Spanish. Bang, 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 and and, uh, so on and so forth. So, there's nothing wrong with playing musical instruments in church. I know that uh, the Amish and there's other groups that do not use musical instruments in church, Quakers, some of them. Church of Christ. Yeah, Church of Christ is, they don't use music or they don't use musical instruments, they all sing harmony. There's nothing wrong with harmony. And I think once in a while just to stop and sing a song with just human voices is pleasing, don't you? I wouldn't want it all the time. But I'd have to say there are times you put a full orchestra to a hymn, beautiful. And a full choir or even a soloist, it's beautiful. So uh, there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, the psalms of the Old Testament and New Testament were apparently songs accompanied by stringed instruments. And by the way, the psalms, songs, 150 of them. And they would sing to them. And probably not something you would enjoy. If you were to go listen to their antiphonal uh, music, Uh, You would probably think it a long evening if you went to that as a concert. And I've heard, I think we, what do you think about music? Do you think music is, uh, there's a God ordained type of music? I'd say if we went through everybody in this room and said, what kind of music do you enjoy? country, classical, popular, rock. Uh, what's the new one? The rap. We'd probably get various uh, answers, when, we, if you were honest. I grew up with country music and I grew up in the 50s, so I have a leaning toward country music. I don't listen to it. It's so immoral that i really uh have a hard time with country music but i like the old stuff it wasn't quite as immoral <laughs> isn't that terrible and even uh, the popular music of the day if you if, if you constantly fill your head with this it is not edify, edifying as it How do we handle this with uh, young people? How do you handle it when you got teenagers and when you were a teenager or you would advise teenagers, you would advise t- parents on, on the kind of music that's being out there at times and what it's saying? I used to be on a rock station. I had a one minute spot on a rock station to just kind of do the Bible thing and I played racquetball with a station manager and he said why don't you get on the radio we'll give you free time we have to give a certain amount of free time to people and I'll give you the free time I'll give you a minute free time a day if another preacher objection we have to give it up so I was on KSKU a hard rock station in Hutchinson, Kansas at 6.30 in the morning And I thought to myself, who in the world listens to anything at 6.30 in the morning? But I accepted, and and the guy I met was a disc jockey, uh, Terry Druitt, the nicest guy I met. So I thought, you know what? I'll speak to him. Uh, He'll hear a message five minutes a week you'll hear a gospel message or something from the Word. And uh, he and I, he likes sports, I like sports, so we talk about Royals or football or basketball, whatever the case would be. And we got to know each other pretty well. And he came to know the Lord. He's now a deacon, oh he's now an elder at Grace Church in uh, Hutchinson, Kansas. And uh, they had one day they had, uh, it came out that the Beatles on the back side of the record, on the back side of the tape, if you played the record backward, they, it was all demonic and de- and devilish, you know. Devil. And they, they'd play it back real slow and you'd hear it. So they invited a couple high school students from Bueller and Nickerson and Haven, and they all came in and hutch. And we had this big discussion on the air about this music and demonic music. So it finally came around, they called me Rev Rod. And it came around and they said, okay Rev Rod, what do you think? And I said, "Uh, I have trouble with it playing a Ford. (laughs) I'm not worried about the backside, I think the front has a lot of demonic stuff in it. That really uh, encouraged discussion. But uh, have you listened to some of it carefully? And what is your position as a Christian parent or grandparent when you're called on this? And how do you handle that? I'm not asking for solutions necessarily, but I, uh, If somebody has some, I'd be glad to hear it, but you're bringing this into your house. And your children are listening to this. And I know that uh, we had a Christian school in Hutchinson, Kansas, and a number of Amish people attended it, or almost Amish, close to Amish. They could have cars, but the cars had to be at least two years old. And they couldn't have radios in them so the parents broke the aerials on those cars and the kids put coat hangers in them and they listened to the radio on the way to school there's many ways to skin a cat so it's something uh, we need to think seriously about isn't it how much uh, garbage is going into your children's minds but here it's uh, praise to God the next word we could carry on this conversation continually the next word is hymns umanas hymns this is generally poetic material which is either cited or sung many times in praise to one of the pagan gods That's how it was used in the Greek. When it is used in the context of Scripture, it is praise to Jehovah. Praise to Yahweh. Uh, Turn to Acts 16.25. Acts 16.25. But
3: about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So
0: Paul and Paul and Silas have been arrested for preaching the gospel. They're thrown into prison, and instead of writing letters, how bad it is, and they need money to the other churches, they actually sang hymns. This is that word that is used there, singing of hymns, as they did the psalms in the Old Testament. So here it is used of singing praises to God. hymns. So the Holy Spirit leads the music. Number one, and you can in uh, in the choice of instruments and in the choice of praise songs to God. Now when we talked, we I didn't even bring this up, and and uh, <coughs> trying to stir a conversation. Uh, some comments but when you talk about musical instruments being played they have one of two effects on Christian words they can overcome the words or they can uh, enhance the words the music right one example of people give is um, I don't know the name is, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Love lifted me. And the tune is, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. A very happy tune. I don't know that, so some musicians have put that to a minor key, that first part. And so you want to match the music to the words, Right? And what about music that affects the foot rather than the words itself? You're more interested in the tune than you are the words and you really don't care if you're singing the words in a the wrong theology. Okay, Ryan, well you wanted discussion, so <laughs> no, um, I, I think that Acts... Will you handle it once it gets started? No, that's your job. That's
1: why you're out oh, there, my friend. That's why I get the big buck. That's right. No, um, just in, in all seriousness, though, there's there's a lot of Scripture that deals with this. This is one of them here in Acts. Um, It's an example of Paul and Silas in an area where they're left to their own thoughts and their own... in prison here. They have, there is no other entertainment or outside influence and the sin is in the mind you know and and so here one of the things that music and scripture helps us do is it's a reflection of what's in our heart and oftentimes the the scriptures that talk about you know directing your thoughts in your mind or singing to the lord you know from your heart well in this context that you know the, and at the time of the writing, the heart was the innermost, deepest segment of this person's, you know, being. And so here you have Paul and Silas without radio, without external, without an instrument. What are they doing? They're singing what is a reflection of their heart. Right. And so for us, and I think of this, this came out a couple Wednesdays ago about dreaming dreams. Are they from the Lord? And you know, that inner core, the stuff that happens in the recesses of our minds at night and things mm-hmm. like that. Well, one of the things that takes over my mind at night oftentimes is repetitive thought or song or scripture or what—what what is uh, really a reflection of your inner core and your being. Mm-hmm. If I'm on the tractor for six hours mowing and I don't have music on or whatever, what comes out? What? What thoughts, what, what proceeds to my mind? You know, James talks an awful lot about this as well. You know, the sin that starts is it, the battleground is in the mind. Well, music can be an amazing way to fight that. And the Psalms themselves are an amazing way to, to, to fight that and win that battleground. I think
0: your point's well taken. And secondly, as you were talking, I was thinking about the fact of speaking one to another it says in this Ephesians chapter 6 verse 19 519 so speaking to yourselves one another isn't music an excellent way the right kind of music to teach children mm-hmm.
2: yeah. yeah
0: an excellent way to teach you and me that you get a song that you get <laughs> locked in your mind and the Holy Spirit <laughs> brings it up at funny times that when you're under temptation maybe uh, a song will come into your mind a, a good believing song of some sort and occupy your mind over and over again speaking to yourselves in hymns and good biblicals foundational hymns i'm not talking about the tune as much as i'm talking about the words Put to proper music that enhances the words? Do not these hymns come back to your mind and repeat solid theology, solid biblical principles to you? An encouragement to you? Yes.
4: I think we discussed on Thursday night mm-hmm. that if you and the pulpit lied as much as we in the congregation do mm-hmm. during the song service, You'd be out of a job. when we sing things like, all I have is Christ. All I have is Christ. And that's mm-hmm. Or as the dear pants were, so my soul pants it. You alone are my heart's desire. And I know a lot of small groups use the, small groups to do, go through the sermon. I think it might be interesting to also go through the music and think, what did we sing today? <coughs> what are those words? And it kind of brings you up short. We yeah. sing them because
0: we like the song but there's some commitment there that's i surrender
1: all really our sins are many his mercies are more
0: yeah, yeah there you go what a beautiful song that is that somebody put the word is my sins are what how's that go my,
2: my sins are many his mercies are more
0: my sins are many his mercies are more <coughs> we
1: sing that <coughs> Yes. Well, it's just to more to the point here. You think back to your early grade school years and how you learned. I mean, I learned the ABCs by singing the alphabet. You know, I still occasionally, if I like earlier, we had to remember, You know, go to Amos, that Awana song, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. That, that's how I remember some of this stuff still. And singing and, uh, uh, songs of the Bible. Yeah. But, uh, the books of the Bible by song and the, and I like the point you you haven't used this in a long time so I'll use your story for you but like when you used to go to the rest home and talk you know yeah. and talk like I, I find it amazing like my great grandma and my grandma like they can't remember hardly anything but they can remember tunes yeah. and they remember hymns and they and a lot of that scripture that mm-hmm. that they remember now is is almost only left in song form. Mm -hmm. Yes, Deb.
2: I've seen at the nursing home residents that have had strokes and not able to talk. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I start Mm -hmm. playing hymns, they can sing every word of
0: it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen that too. Uh, You bring an old hymn out at a rest home and and the Spirit of God is locked that in a memory brain. And even though they can't remember hardly their own name, they can actually sing those songs. There's a beautiful song. It's a Southern Gospel song by the Booth Brothers. And uh, you can look it up, but it's a beautiful song about their grandmother who's lost her mind. But she still remembers the old songs. She She asked her oldest son, what's your name? But she still remembers... Jesus name. It's a very, and it's very is put to a neat mel melodious type the poem's put to a neat m- melodious type music that really makes the impact and I saw that. The other thing at the rest of them is when I'd say, okay, let's let's quote Psalm twenty-three. And some of the people I that were really had were fuzzy I would blurt that out just like nobody's business uh, or other scriptures so there's some things that the Holy Spirit indelibly imprints in the mind that the mind it stays there I wouldn't say 100% with everybody but it sure seemed like it when you're in a rest home and doing it there where people are familiar with uh, a Christianity so uh, it's very important uh, we try to make a we try to make it here we, we try to do our best to make sure the songs that we sing are biblically sound and we try to do it in also in a way which uh, doesn't detract from the music uh, it, it's not always the music that everybody likes uh... but you know when you know the words and yeah, like, uh, I love that song, uh, His Robes Were Mine. I love the song that you brought up, John, you know, My Sins Are Many, But His Mercy Is More. How oh, I'm so thankful for that. And songs of that nature, this, and other songs that really praise God. For example, the spiritual songs he mentions here. Uh, this word could be used for Greek dirges. But mostly in the New Testament, it's used of songs of joy, praise, or just simply singing. Why not sing a song that has joy and life to it? What about clapping? Is that wrong? I see a lot of, it's okay to clap. So, when we sing, great is thy faithfulness this morning, let's all clap. No, I'm not saying that necessarily. It's not wrong to clap.
4: Ron, it depends on which church you're
0: in,
1: whether
0: it's
3: okay or not. Kind of an example, I'm glad you said earlier, and this might go along with this, but matching the music to the words. So there's a popular worship song where it's John 3.16, which is sound, that's theological, but it's this happy, clappy, upbeat music. That's a sobering verse that our sin put Christ on the cross. It can really distort your theology when you change the music, it changes the tune. And really, You see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. It's an example of where the words might be perfectly true, but the music puts us in another place where our theology can really get cracked.
0: I think there's something that we need to be careful about. I have some friends and, uh, who came out of the rock world, were saved out of rock music, who lived a lifestyle maybe in a bar, and certain music went with that in a bar. And so whenever they would hear a song that would uh, maybe have a, in secular, have a bar sound, they had a hard time with it. And maybe a person who didn't have a bar background had no problem with it. For example, Amazing Grace, where did that tune come from? A bar. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, has saved a wretch like me. It doesn't affect you because you're in a different era. And you weren't in that particular, you, you didn't grow up in that situation. So when it comes to music, we have to be a little bit careful about how we evaluate that in light of our own background. In light of our own uh, upbringing, I grew up in a church that only sang carols. Didn't sing any gospel song. I guess they sang a few, but not very many. Hardly ever. And uh,
4: I went to a Bible
0: school where they pushed classical music, and they had a uh, they had a chapel on it, and they were. They were downgrading John Peterson music. I don't know if you're familiar with John Peterson music. I can't think of a song right now that was one. But the organist and the uh, chorale leader were downgrading that. So they played one of John Peterson's music, and then they played the skater's waltz. And it looked a lot alike, sounded a lot alike. So on the way out of chapel, I told my buddy, I said up till this morning, I didn't know the organist could play the organ until he played the skater's waltz. And the chorale director was right behind me and heard it, my voice carried. And I got a a two minute lecture. But I still believe that sometimes Sometimes uh, there's music that you set to joy, not just the deep, melodious, classical music of Beethoven, Bach and the rest. On the other time, there are songs that are that way. For example, How Firm a Foundation is Jesus Christ Our Lord, written by Martin Luther. Or the church is one foundation. And they're great heavy hymns of the faith. We cannot lose those. We need to keep those going. Or even like we're singing this morning, Great is thy faithfulness. Yes.
4: Well, the elephant in the room is we all have different tastes. And I remember when we had a young man come and he started to introduce the newer music. And I was like, whoa. You didn't know when to start, and you certainly didn't know when to stop. And up and down, and I I began to realize, endeavoring to keep unity. Is it doctrinally sound? Is it just your music? But I wouldn't want to go to a service that was all that kind of music. But then I can't ask the younger generation, "You have to go to my service that has all this kind of music." How can we blend it without distracting from the Word of God or the purpose of the service?
0: I think that's doctrinally sound music and music that enhances whatever you're singing. It doesn't take away from
1: from that. I think there's another element too. I was trying to look through your notes to see if you had it in here. Um, I, I kept it vague. Yeah, it's good. The No, but there's several psalms as well where David um, describes it, the, for a few of them being for the director of music, And in many of those, he alludes to being played skillfully. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I think there's an element that gets lost with music too, where in in churches, and and I've been in some, and I'll come back to this, but um, where it wasn't done skillfully or wasn't prepared well, and let's think about this, our corporate worship, who's the center of our worship? It is none other than the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Creator. And if we can have a skillful orchestra that has secular, you know, work in mind, how much greater should it be for our Lord? And the great, the best example I have of this, I still, I just get such a chuckle out of this. But there's a church on the way to Austin on I-35 going. Uh, it's on the east side of the road. And it's called their their claim was eight minute worship service, and they, like they advertised it like on their marquee, and I'm like, hey, first of all, I think it's just amazingly degrading, but number two, I'm like, eight minutes into a worship service, I'm just getting focused. Like, you know, I that's one of the great things of music, and like you said, thinking through what you're singing and. Mm-hmm. It prepares your heart and your mind. But anyway, <clears throat> music is critical. And it should be done skillfully. It should be done well as unto the king. Um, it's one of the things I appreciate about about this church and the planned services.
0: How about spiritual songs is also on the list. It's the Greek word ode. We have an English word ode as well from this word Ode. And this word is used uh, used of Greek uh, dirges, I guess we've talked about it. It is used 77 times in the Septuagint, but 30 times it is used there. It is used of psalms' titles. Take a look at 1 Chronicles 16.42, Revelation 5.9, 5, Revelation 5.13, Revelation 15.2. 1 Chronicles will be the hardest for you. First Chronicles sixteen forty two. There's two words in there. The names shouldn't be
3: too hard for you. And with them were Hermon and Jeduthun, with trumpets and cymbals for those who should who should sound aloud, and with instruments for the sons of God, and the sons of Jeduthun for the gate. Ooh,
0: trumpets and cymbals. Wow, they probably that was probably contemporary music to them. Now they played them. How about Revelation five nine? You're going to be a part of this if you know Christ.
3: And they sang a new song, saying, "You are blue, you need to take the scroll and the open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation."
0: Okay, they sang a new song. We sing that chorus here. Revelation 5.14
3: And the four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down and worshipped.
0: Okay, Revelation
3: 15.2 And they saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire and those who had been victorious over the beast and his image and the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. Verse 3. And they sang the song of Moses, the bond servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty, righteous and true are your ways, King of of the nations.
0: So a lot of our singing should be praise. Paul wanted believers to sing spiritual songs which came from the heart, controlled by the Holy Spirit. They express praise to God and joy that is in the heart. Singing and making melody. These are two participles that follow that be filled with the Holy Spirit. These two particles should be considered a unit. Singing, Adontes, comes from the contraction of ode. It is used of singing by humans or animals, such as a rooster crowing, and some have sounded like that.
2: I think uh, in a small church
0: that I started out in, we had one that's now in heaven that sang like that. Bless her heart. She
2: got a new voice.
0: She got a new voice but you know singing is an important part and leading in singing like a worship team or choir if I had my wish before I go to heaven I'd love to be in a church that had a full orchestra and a full choir I guess I will have to wait to heaven but if we could start producing that here at Countryside You would have one happy
2: pastor. Pardon? (laughs) We need an orchestra pit. An orchestra
0: pit. Let's get it. What are we waiting for? You know, here's my point. How many of you played an instrument in high school? You know why? Why couldn't we? I played a clarinet. Why couldn't we have? Kept that up so that we could get together and jam over Christian music. and Play that on Sunday night. Parents, teach your children an instrument so that they can use it in the church when they grow up. And, And teach them with that in mind. Here's something you can really serve the Lord with with this instrument running all over the country playing this sport and that sport. Forty fifty they're gonna lay it aside. But a musical instrument they can play till they're they can play till their job. And I started out with <laughs> piano lessons and it was a battle that I unfortunately won. But I wish I wouldn't have. I wish I could sit down and play the piano now I can play a hymn in twenty minutes takes twenty minutes to get through one verse but I have to read the notes clunk Clunk. so nobody wants to sing to that but my point is teach them a musical instrument something to use all our life and uh, we made our boys play Piano lessons, which was like pulling hen's teeth. We wish we'd have taught them the guitar. Because they can grab a guitar, they can go anywhere and play the guitar. And they can go to a small group, or they can sit in their own room and strum on a guitar, or they can play for a church or whatever. I guess all I'm saying, and you can look at the rest of the notes but all I'm saying is music is very important. Enjoy it. And enjoy good music with good words. And uh, we can have happy music if we have sad music when it fits the role. We have happy music when it doesn't. We have classical music when it fits the role as well. There's some songs that have to be classical. Like a Foundation that has, to be cla- that has to be deep and sound. Full organ, full orchestra. Man, that's great. Church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, your Lord. And the songs that we've just picked up in the last 20 years, His robe for Mine, like John mentioned, uh, My Sins Are Many, His Mercy Is More, and others of that nature. That just, Behold Our God, is another one that and some others so uh, a lot of it's what we're used to the music and uh, we lean toward that but if it distracts from the words uh, let's think it over or change the music you can always change the music if it's good words you don't need to change that helpful cause you to think yes yeah, so One of the most precious times that we had as a family was when Leo's brother Dwight was dying in the hospital in Denver and a whole bunch of us relatives got together there and we sang just by heart you know him
2: after him and the nurses came and said keep it up all the patients are loving this and and it was just wonderful it's all those songs that we learned as
0: children and they just stay with you and it was such a precious time. I know at the funerals of uh, faith folks they were in the ministry for years and years and years and when we, we didn' we didn't have the body at the church we buried the body and then went to the church and celebrated their life and we sang we the family was right around the, right around the uh, the burial plot the casket was there and we all sang songs and tears coming down our eyes but joy in our hearts that theirs were lives that counted Here's were lives that meant something and the hymns that we sang were part of their life and part of our lives as well so enjoy sing heartily unto the Lord whether you're a a monotone or baritone or uh, whatever Sing loud. Um, I've I've stood by a lot of monotones. And they sang loud and I loved it. Don't you think God loves that? He loves it when people sing to him. He created us with voices to sing. And uh, let's use it. Father, we thank you for the ability to sing and to enjoy together in unison and harmony the praises to you as we give them to you. For you are a great and wonderful God whom we love and adore. And we pray
2: this in Jesus' name. Amen.